Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Yes. A little side trattle going on there. Welcome to Big Show. Shannon Bam Cunningham. Fortier. Mm. <laughs> Back from a drunken incident that you reported <laughs> to us at the Barclays Center. Uh, Josh and Josh. Ever. And uh, Polly the Mall, of course. The incomparable Polly the Mall. The uh, irreplaceable Polly the Mall. Sandra Bam is here. Our expert at Syracuse basketball, student at Syracuse University, going to graduate. I think he's on the 10-year program personally. <laughs> The real poor, genius. Poor parents. <laughs> My parents there. are hopeful. I'm now, the last plan. time I saw Sam, um, he was. We were doing. We're going to do the show. He he comes on. He does the show. We're there for an extra day at the ACC tournament, and we get this text message saying, "Hey guys, I'm really sick, man. I can't make it." Blah blah. The whole wine. I got the text though, and so I thought to myself. My first, you know, initial feeling was, you know, wow, Sam. You know, I mean, this guy's pretty into it. You know, he must be really sick. And then Paulie points at him. He's like. Dude, he's not sick. He's hanging with he's his friends. He's a college he's kid yeah. out out at school mm-hmm. on a freebie on SU in a hotel room. But he goes, "Are you nuts?" And I went, "Oh, duh." I'm like the gullible father. Then we see him that night, and he absolutely fine. Nothing wrong. No, with him. that is that is not true. No, I just I wore knew, my game face, gonna, man. I knew I knew I was going to get some of this, but I, like I was sick. I, t- I took and a miraculous. You, you yeah. just you just got better, you know. No, Jesus no, walked I, on I water. Took, I took some. I took some Dayqu- <laughs> <laughs> I took some Dayquil, and oh, yeah. I, I drank some tea, and, and I made made the game. I've had the flu before. Dayquil doesn't ding it. Okay, you know? well, well the, 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 either this is a separation in generational <laughs> stuff because. In you know this happened to me with with Joe Salzone with his. Uh, 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 his car. This happened to me with Gomez and Lisa. I can't make it to work. Now, in my business, you better have, you know, arterial spray from a car accident and your arm is off or whatever. There's no such thing as taking a day off from work because there's hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake and 150 to 200 people waiting for you to come to work. And if it's your day that you're working, they can't bring somebody else on the camera to say your lines. There's no one to fill in for you. So now with that said, that's the work ethic that I come from. So if it took a little day quill to get you to work, if it took something that comes in a bottle over the counter to get you to work, you weren't sick! Yeah. There is a, there is hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line when Sam does not show That's up true. to work here. It's true. The next question is, does Dayquil not work in the morning when he was going to come <laughs> right, in and do right, what the show with us? Take, they don't take, make a morning quill. Right, they make a day quill. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's called lay around all day with your yes, hangover. Yes. Drink a couple of Bloody Marys and show up for the night quill. <laughs> I wish that's what happened. Oh, Sammy, Sammy. Sammy, Listen. did you say you don't you don't drink? I don't drink. Smart man. Wow, guy Three was people. Doing, guy was room. doing blow all night. <laughs> <laughs> he just threw himself. He just put himself so overexposed. He was all gacked up. <laughs> yeah, gacked up all night Checked long. It. Look, he's got long sleeves on again. <laughs> track marks all over him. Just banging it, banging it down. Uh, Out at the clubs. Sam knows how to party. Yeah, yeah I'm totally. sure he does. Yeah, what do you do for totally. fun, Sam? I don't know. I you know hang out with my friends and like, but when you're hanging out, what do you do? <laughs> Play cards, pass the doobie, like kids yeah. pass the doobie. He was doobies. in Atlantic City all night. Yeah. Oh. Made a whole bunch of cash. Called his mother, lied again. Oh. Like I don't drink, but I could not imagine like being your age and not drinking. Oh, I didn't drink. I didn't drink at Sam's age. Yeah, let's let's clarify. I don't, you don't drink. 
because you're such a bad drinker. No, yeah, 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 yeah. You're the same as me. You're yeah. not supposed to drink. Yeah, but I know, but I could not imagine a Ben in it, being in my 20s and not being drunk. <laughs> like, that, the 20s would have sucked if I was sober. But the benefit is Sam is going to remember his 20s. Where to say, you. You'd have some memories. Yeah. You know? You'd actually have like a childhood. And all that stuff would have been good. He still walks into people in the street and goes, don't you remember me? I sat next to you in a homeroom for nine years. Yeah, no. So many people run into me like, we used to drink together at McMonkey's. And he's like, I don't know who that person is. One year at the Big East tournament, our flight was leaving at 7. This is back when I flew, and I woke up at 10 in the morning with a roast beef sandwich on my chest <laughs> <laughs> in a New York City hotel room. Missed the flight. The team was all gone. Everybody was gone. I slept, I slept right through the morning. You know, The last time he drank at a, at a Syracuse event, the great one was there, and his other boss from IMG were there. And according to Paulie, he was saying the most offensive things to both of them. <laughs> He was. He almost got fired from both of his jobs in one night. They were doing three takes and who gets to fire him? Yeah, like, odd right. finger is yeah. it? Exactly right. I, I had one of those one time. I, I was at the airport and I missed the flight. I was in the bathroom. Me and two of my teammates. We tore one of the mirrors off the bathroom wall and we're in the stall doing cocaine. <laughs> and we're snorting the cocaine. We're in there for so long, and then finally one of them went, "Dude, we better get out there, man. The flight." But I was like, "Oh yeah, the flight." We ran out, and the whole team was gone. They'd gotten on the plane, and the plane was in the air. We were there. so now we've got no. I was in college. I had yeah, no yeah. money. How do you get on a plane? Yeah. And we were flying from like Kansas or something to Indiana oh on some little God. crappy puddle jumper. And we had to figure out a way to get home. We we're like calling the coaches. This is before cell phones, too. So you, you know had to what wait that's like? like dumped it. <laughs> I need the dumped safety it. dance. Uh. See, listen, we flash back to college time. Suddenly I start potty mouthing. <laughs> now you know why I don't drink anymore. Uh, so I want to ask you now. We've got, we got about uh, uh, seven, eight minutes. I want to start to touch on this subject because it, it seems to be the vernacular going on right now about Syracuse basketball. O'Shea has said... On, on an interview, and he's tweeting out, he's not going anywhere. I don't, I don't even know if that means he's going to make himself eligible to see what it looks like. I, mean, I think he'd be stupid not to just take a peek at it anyway. Um, I do not think Tyus is going anywhere. I don't. But I, now that you've had more time, because we've gone back and forth about this subject, um, he kind of creeped into some of the mock draft ESPN conversations at 28, 27, whatever. Uh, I still think, well, obviously, if he's not taken in the first round, he's not guaranteed any money. So there's a big one. Um, I think he's probably going to make himself eligible to see where that what that looks like, see what that offer looks like. Um, in my opinion, it's a league minimum. He goes to the G League. He's not going to any bench right now. Um, and what he, I've always said, what he does to his value if he plays another year um, on a team that arguably could be in the preseason number 10, 11, or 12. I mean, I mean, they've got a real and a big announcement today. Moyer, don't let the door hit you in the ass on your way out. See, you wouldn't want to be a, I really don't care, he's gone, and we got another scholarship available. So that's great news. That's great, in my opinion, because he wasn't going to play. And, and I'm trying to understand him. Well, let, let, let's uh, So where are you at, Sam the Bam, on, on Tyus right now, on think- battle? I think there's it's it's too early to say for sure whether he's gone or or he's staying, but I think he's going to take that uh, evaluation period at the NBA draft. But I think this speaks to what you were saying 
you know, I think in early February when you were saying if Syracuse, you kind of hesitate. I mean, you you wanted them to make the tournament, but at the same time, they made that exact tournament run that we had talked about where Tyus gets on a bigger stage and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a stud in the first half, but he did play really well against Duke. And all of a sudden he's sneaking into Chad Ford's, you know, late in the first round. There's the key. So, so had he come out and done an ACC number two, 20, 21 a game for three games and really studded it up or did a 28er on somebody, but he didn't. And so because he didn't, and the star of this tournament was Syracuse's zone defense, uh, which he was part of, you know, but he didn't do even one game, if one game, even in the play-in, if he had scored 26, you know, and, and came out or hit a dramatic shot, you know, or did something that made his name the name. But I didn't see anything, he re- except for one game where he, he had like one point in the first half and then he had like 16 in the second half, whatever it was. I think it's about a 50-50 proposition for him. If he, if he can get the money, he's got to take the money. And second of all, he... It, it, there's two things working. The draft this year is very heavy in, in, in his position, so right. next year would be a better year for him to go. But if they tell him he's going to go in the first round, he's you, you, that the, you can't not go. But you you, you know? also have to take into consideration. I mean, we saw with Malachi Richardson. I mean, he was told. You know, when he came out, he said he was told. You know, he'd be in that you know fourteen fifteen range, and then you saw him slip. Uh, I forget what the exact number was, but down late into the first round. To Sacramento, so even if someone tells you you're going in a certain spot, you have to acknowledge the risk of okay, maybe they don't take me there. Yeah, but I, I think he's. I, I think if if he's going to be a first round pick, you got to go. And, and I won't hold the thing against him or any player that does that in that situation. Well, I look at it as um, you know, why would he go? Um, it's strictly a financial equation to me. It's business. That's why, because of because of what they say to the the one and doneers in some leagues, you're allowed to play. You're not allowed to play. You have to wait till you have. So that's total BS. If you're an athlete and you live in the United States, in any if he decided to jump out to be an insurance salesman and they were going to pay him a bunch of money because his name was Battle in Syracuse and he was going to run, uh, you know, Hancock or something. Could you stop him? No. But suddenly you can stop him on the one thing that he does really real. I think it's nonsense. So because it's a sport and because he has to look at the business interest of it, the fact of the matter is the projections of who would go in the draft at guard at a he's a two. So the, the projections of who's going to the NBA as a two guard next year is less than half the guys that are going this year. It's a guard heavy year. That's somewhere that's a great point, Paulie. So they already get a look at who's going to go. Who are the freak kids that might go out of high school? They they know it all. There's no one they don't know about anymore. There's no secrets they're going to bring in Yao Ming anymore or any of that nonsense. <laughs> they know every guy out there pretty much that's, that can dribble a ball and play now. So they know around and they also can project where he'll go next year if he has the same year as this year. I think he has even a bigger year because he's got two kids. It's impossible for him to have a bigger year next year. He's going to have there's more people scoring next year. So he's not going to get the total. I I disagree with you. I disagree with you because you're stuck in the Syracuse mentality that we're only going to score 49 points a game on average (laughs) next year, which is not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is they got two sharpshooters. They're going to open it up on the outside because he's not going to even have to shoot three-pointers anymore. He is going to go to the hoop when he wants to next year. Yeah, so he'll still get his 20, and then there's 20 on other players. Okay, so so his average was 19 points, and he didn't make 20 for the the whole year. Do you want to bet he 
breaks twenty next year. If yeah, he plays. I will put I will put money with more more players shooting the ball that he will not get. His do you want to bet Syracuse University scores ten points like more a game next year? Fifty times a game you, this year. That's not going to happen. He won't have to shoot the ball fifty yeah, times a game. You know, it's going to be a lot harder to get to twenty when he you're shooting less. No, 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 it won't be. You're wrong. You won't. It, okay. You're wrong. I'll, because, I'll bet you. I'll bet you lunch. Okay. So, so again, and you can ask this on someone. Or this would be an interesting point to have with like a guy uh, um, uh, like McNamara on the show. So we'll, we'll we'll make sure we make a note of this because um, I disagree. I think that what we were telling Dolajai and what I told him two days in a row in the elevator: if you don't shoot, you don't take that extra half body in the paint off of Battle and and, and Brissett when they go to the basket. You have to shoot the ball and become at least a threat. They're not even guarding you anymore. Even if you miss, the threat that you're going to shoot is going to stop that guy from cheating off. You get guys that can shoot the ball on the outside, two of them coming in next year. And who knows, he's saying, he's uh, um, uh, Beheim that... You know, everyone. His kid. He, this one here says his kid has to redshirt. I think he's crazy. I think he's definitely going to play next year. I think he's going to play for another reason. His father's seventy three, and he's not waiting five years for the kid to graduate. So uh, 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 that sounds yeah. funny. No, no, I, I mean it. I mean, no, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean it's legitimate. He's going to want to coach for all four years that his kid plays. If he redshirts his kid, he's here for five years. And and you know what? When I had Jim on and I talked to him about it, he said he's good. I'm going to treat him like everybody else. I never doubted that, but he's also a sharp shooting three point shooter that we don't have in this team. Now we've got two of them, so he'll rotate him in the mix somehow, and he's going to play next year. He's not going to redshirt. And when you you bring the stretch the defense, even Duke's a perfect example with his zone. Like Syracuse plays. If you have to stretch them out and make them respect the three-point line, that opens those lanes wider to go to the basket. And that's what the game is. The medium-range jumper, the the uh, the action jumper while you're on the move, uh, and, and going to the basket. And, and I, I believe he's going to have to shoot the ball. I believe he's going to have the ball in his hands and go to the basket and be more successful because there's not going to be as much traffic packed down in there. They don't have to respect the three-pointer right now. So he's going to go one-on-one with people a lot more than going one-on-three. To, to go back to the, the lunch bag, I, I wonder, and I don't know, but I wonder how many shots Tyus loses that is the, the step back with two seconds on the shot clock. If you have... You know, if you have a shooter on the wing, or if you have Darius Baisley, what percentage of those shots become, you know, better looks than than that step back? And how many shots do you replace for him in in the sense that he still quality gets shots. He still gets quality shots, quality shots to get those points? I don't right. know. I don't know what that is. I, be, I believe you're right. I believe, that, of course, Paulie's wrong again. Um, <laughs> let's go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Moyer hitting the canvas. We'll be right back. NCAA tournament coverage is brought to you by IBEW NECA, CNS Companies, and Burdick Lexus on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. I got a year of eligibility left. We're talking about what Syracuse doesn't have. And with the exit of Moyer, which, man, it's a plethora of information being flooded to me about this situation. So, Sam, the man has some... Uh, Sam, he has- Sam, take us through it. So this kid, he's hasta la vista, baby. Um, I can't understand the move myself. I, get, I, I hear everyone's... But here's what I got from it. So he's going to be a junior. He has... Redshirt sophomore. So it'll be it'll be his third year so in college. Two years of eligibility left. No, three years. 
Okay, that too. Wait a minute. He didn't play as a freshman? He got four years to play in five. Yeah. That's right. the rule. Oh, oh, you mean junior when he's eligible again? Yes. Okay, I see what you're saying. So so what year is he in school right now? He's a, in, in school, he's a, he a just sophomore. finished his sophomore. Right. Yeah, he, he finished his second year. Right. Right. So he's got, and did he play as a freshman? No. No. Okay, so he's redshirted one year. Right. Now, because he's transferring, he'll have to sit out a year because right. it's, it's his choice to transfer. There's no hardship. The coach didn't die. There's not yes. something happened. His program was dropped from the school. So he won't be hardshiped in. Now, because of that, they may give him a sixth year then. They may give him a sixth year to use his four years of eligibility. You have four years to use four years of eligibility to use within five years, so you can redshirt one year. He's already redshirted. Now he has to sit out a year to transfer. I don't think that will count. I think he'll have a sixth year in order to use his four years of eligibility. So right now he's only used one year of eligibility. Right. So he will transfer school credit-wise to someone as a junior with three years of eligibility left. Yes. Okay. So then the question becomes... This guy's never going to play pro, ever, 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 never going to play pro. He's going to transfer from a team that may be nationally ranked that goes deep into the tournament next year. Yes, he is not a coach favorite, and uh, but wh- what does he do? I mean, so he wants to go to to another AC. Could he play for Pitt because they have no one now? Could he, or does he go to like a Division two school where he's going to be a star? I don't. You can't go to Pitt because then you lose another year of eligibility. Right. So it would be you know. Uh, Where's he? What, what does he do? He's probably just going to go to a small school and play because he wants to play. He just not, wants to play. He loves the game yeah. that much. He just wants to get he in just there wants and play. To be happy. I would, I would imagine a, a low to mid major. Yeah. I mean that. He's going to go like so. He's going to Ball State. Nice, <laughs> nice. Ball State. Make it happen, bro. That, 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 is the the t- that, that is the type of school in in that area that he would probably fit in at. Right, yes. right, yeah, right. He's got. He's he got, might go back to Ohio. Get closer there. I mean, we we don't know. I mean, he's going Miami of Ohio. I smell it. I smell it. He's going to the Toledo Mud Hens. He could go to a Big East school. You know, you never know. You know, an A10 school. You know, something like that. He's on his way to Bonnie's. I think he could be a contributor at, at yeah. an A10 school or, or a Big East school. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he certainly has, you know, some, some good pedigree right now coming out of the program here that's so well known and, and a great coaching staff. So so now 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 Moyer's gone. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. Not going to miss you so you wouldn't want to be him. That was my feeling on the whole subject. The next thing I want to know we have another scholarship available. Take us through the process now. What does Syracuse? What are the? What is Syracuse's options? Syracuse's options for the scholarship right now are sort of limited because all the freshmen, unless you have a, a situation like a, a Torian Thompson and someone signs really late, and I don't think that they're pursuing anyone like that. And I think, uh-huh. it, I mean, the reason Torian Thompson was such an aberration is because he signed late. And so, really, I think what what Polly was saying during the break, where. You wanna you wanna either give it to someone like a walk on or uh, you know a fifth year senior just you know give it burn it like they did uh, with Braden Bayer this year okay you know Gino left we have that scholarship why don't we why thanks don't we for just your help it? here's yeah. some cash Ex- exactly yeah. and I think or or you get a you get a grad transfer or you get I know uh, JUCO transfers aren't popular with Syracuse but if someone else came into the program like that you could use it that way but I think the most logical explanation is give it to a walk on so. I'm thinking of my now. I'm looking at this strictly business as a strictly businessman, as a filmmaker, um, as someone who has invested before in in other things. I think to myself, the first thing, and it came out in this room when we flushed it out on the break. Why would we not get a hold of somebody who's like you know a do, do, one of Dolajai's friends? One of the, <laughs> but but the, you're laughing. But think about it. 
We hurt ourselves so badly because of diminished scholarships, and we went really, really far. Man, if we had one more scholarship on this team and had another kid that was a junior that had some ability, we could have won the NCAA tournament this year. So you say that, and we laugh, but there's got to be you know ways to fill that scholarship with something that's more valuable than than you know some walk on. More, got to be. More importantly, is this scholarship is open next year? Now it wouldn't have been open. If Moyer didn't leave next year. So you give it to a senior walk-on this year, and next year you've got, you know, because you don't really have room for anybody this year. Next year, the walk-on graduates, you've got a, a scholarship you wouldn't have had because Moyer still would have had it, and you could give it to a freshman that's coming in. Yeah, we want, we want you know, a kid from, uh, uh, um, you know, Bulgaria State University. <laughs> <You know. laughs> but I think I think the reason that that scholarship opens is kind of indicative of why that they they might not bring in another player. Another player. I think they they definitely might. But the reason why the NCAA what they sanctioned uh, Beheim and gave him three scholarships is because if you if you sanction Beheim and take away one scholarship, he never uses all of them. And he never uses all of them because he plays a short rotation. So. Moyer leaves because you have a log jam there with really like three forwards, four forwards. So to add another guy, unless he comes in knowing I'm going to play like two minutes a game, three minutes a game, like Moyer did, I don't know if that's an attractive offer to someone, especially because Bays is a top 10 recruit. Well, when, when, when in times that I had to sit and talk with Hakeem Olajuwon when he first came over and he went to Houston and he said, you know, I was a soccer player. I never really played basketball at all. He goes, I didn't even really know what it was. And he was a very gifted, for a man his size, athlete, obviously, and I think arguably one of the greatest centers to ever play the game. Um, but that took you know some doing in his 20s to develop those skills. The thing that we may forget being in this great country that we live in is what an opportunity is just to get out of where they are. You know, I mean, so for some kids, the idea of coming here and learning the American way and playing at a university and being fed and sheltered and an education and everything else compared to having bombs dropped on their village. and You'd be surprised at how many people would go, yeah, I'd love to come over there and enjoy the Carrier Dome and, and the American way and so on. It's, it's actually an incredible way of life. I, I urge you to go ahead and volunteer for the Peace Corps for two months or to go you know, at Habitat for Humanity and go build a house you know, in, in, in some areas of the world where I got back and I thought, man, I thought my friends had a lot more. My dad was a school teacher with six kids. You know, I grew up on Long Island and in central New York. And, you know, we were just a working class family, like most hardworking, you know, God-fearing families that come from this area. You know, and so to see how great we have it compared to somebody else, you'd be surprised how many athletes would come over here at the opportunity, even to sit on the bench. They'd be happy to be here. Look at Paulie. Look at what he was delivered from. It was it was hell. We in brought that him house. over from Italy. He was a little <laughs> tiny man working over there shining shoes. He was. <laughs> and you know where he did? He landed on the Statue of Liberty, and and he immigrated on the side. He didn't go to Ellis Island. He immigrated. I was <laughs> I was a rich one. He walked up. He walked up the spiral staircase. We were driving over the bridge. Oh, for God's sake! You've embellished this story we were driving so over the bridge. much. It's <laughs> Paulie goes, look, look. I think you can see the Statue of Liberty. And so we're looking at the Statue of Liberty. And he goes, yeah, you know when my grandfather That's immigrated. Not, here. I never he, even he said immigrated that. on the Statue of Liberty. The boat stopped. The they let him off special. Yeah, the whole BS. Went on there. Tell the truth, Paulie. I, I the am truth. telling you, the truth. You forgot You're the one that needs to take a look at God in the face. See who's telling the truth. 
I with you, Jesus. Don't worry. Don't worry. Paulie came in through the statue. They went ice skating in the torch. I grew up in San Diego, a rich white kid. I'm yeah. fine. I didn't, I didn't have any problems. I was happy. Yeah. You were just great. How are your brothers doing? They're, They're great. great. They're having a great time. They're very happy. They're having a great time. They are. They're doing really, really well. Westwood One coverage of the NCAA tournament is brought to you by IBEW NECA, C&S Companies, and Burdick Lexus on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Home of the Syracuse Crunch, ESPN 97.7, 100.1, 1200 and 1440 AM. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey now, she wanted to just go into a, into a classic round of so what. Now we have Sam the Man Stasiak showed up, not drunk. My, <laughs> sober Sam, as we call him. Sober Sam, yeah. yeah. My life is all about so what. It it's is just all I want is to really? do. Him, yeah. You are a so I what. I live for oh. so what. You are so. You what. like him? Yeah. This is my this just quick little story. Start out there. Yeah, he likes it. It's like him and his women. And now that I don't have to do, now that I don't have to. How's write your girlfriend him doing? Is she good? So what? <laughs> you know how to the shut one him down. thing to shut him down. Oh, you love talk it. Talk about the girlfriend. She blocked me on Facebook. Yeah. So, <laughs> get a life. Look at him. He's dead to the water. Dead. Just shuts him down. It's like remember that. Nobody cares about my personal. life. Remember that thing that happened with mommy? Dead. Just down. Done. Go, Josh. <laughs> the standoff between Odell Beckham and the New York Giants continues. Uh, head coach Pat Shermer, quote, said, he's on our team right now. Now, if you're not following this, Odell Beckham refusing to uh, get on the field until he's given a contract extension. The Giants aren't giving him one yet, and now a bunch of teams are going after him. I'm going to say it's not a so what. I'm going to tell you why. Well, first of all, to address one half of this issue, um, and, I, and I have a deeper conspiracy theory on this because timing is not coincidental in a lot of things in professional sports for sure, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, first of all, uh, his not going on the field when he has a contract, he can be held to that contract and be forced to get on the field. But you don't want somebody in your locker room. You don't want somebody on your team that dis- that's disgruntled. Certainly not one of your big stars. And this guy arguably is one of the five best receivers in all of professional football right now. That's for sure. So with that said, when someone can be a distraction in a locker room, when someone can be a problem in a locker room, you want to try to either s- smooth this out. You would think that the Giants would want to hold him. Now here's where the conspiracy comes in. I do not believe for one minute that that video that came out that's so highly controversial showing Beckham with alcohol, with a girl, and with what appears to be a white substance that is tap, being tapped around by a credit card, which would, uh, um, I know a little bit about this subject too, would probably suggest that it's cocaine. So why in God's name would Beckham have anything to do with that being videotaped or that being shot in the position that he's in if he didn't want to get out of New York? He knows Mara and the type of owner that he is. I think the whole thing is a setup to get him out of there because he does still. Remember, they're talking about he won't go on the field until he gets an extension. So, again, he knows he can't do that. Mm -hmm. He knows he can't say, I'm not playing. If you're signed for a certain amount of dollars, you may not be happy. You may say, I'd like to have an extension, but you don't not show up to work. 
He's not getting paid if yeah. he doesn't get on that field. So if he's willing to to do that, and the league's going to sanction him, all kinds of stuff are going to happen. He could be sued. So this is all a ploy. And I will go into after we're done with this. So what? Of the teams that are hunting him very, very hard right now because he's done in New York. He's out. Yeah, I'm going to say it's not a so what because it's, it is it is interesting to, like we'll get into, throw this much chum in the water, essentially, to have to all these teams that would love to have Odell Beckham Jr. Sam the man, sober Sam? <laughs> Definitely not a so what, especially considering in the context of the Giants team in the last 12 months, benching Eli for no reason. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting time for it to be a star on the Giants. Pay the man. Pay, make, give him the extension? Yes. But if you wanted that, and, so, and, and I hear you, I hear you if you're the organization, but if you wanted that, would you have let this video go out? Would you have taken the stance of I'm not getting on the field? To, or would you just let your agent call up and say, hey, Odell's really interested in staying? But So it sounds to me like he doesn't want to be here. And he knows if he says, I don't want to be here, try to trade me, they're not going to He's Odell Beckham. You're going to say, no, we want you to stay. What's the offer? We're going to match the sheet with somebody. Else. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be there. I don't think. I think we're beyond money right now. Like he wants out. We shall soon see. Dun, Joshua. Dun, dun, dun. Ed Sheeran concerts are messing with the 2018 football schedule, bumping a bunch of home games. Ed Sheeran has booked to a bunch of dates at uh, arenas. Teams like the Lions, Patriots, Titans, Chiefs, Vikings, Cowboys, and Falcons will may all have to move Sunday home games because of Ed Sheeran. I say for every practice. For every every uh, event that he has that moves an event, he has to return one punt, one kick. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, Ed Sheeran, Sheeran little Ed, Ed Sheeran, hands <laughs> the ball on the five. Oh, oh no, he's dead. Yeah, he I is say, just dead. Take his punk ass. Out. I like that idea. Am like I it. old? You don't know who Ed Sheeran is? He sings that perfect song, right? But he looks like he looks like Ralph Melf. Yeah, he does. He's he very does, yeah. ugly. He's not attractive. Yeah, he's he is a <laughs> Ralph Melf is ugly. Donnie Most is ugly. Donnie was a great you. guy. Get Donnie on the phone you. right now. How dare you? <laughs> no, uh, Ed Sheeran you. is proof that no matter how ugly and gross you are, if you can play guitar and sing, you can you can rustle up some good pooing. You know what I'm talking about, Sober Sam? That, that, yeah. Isn't that inspiring? That's, it's very that's inspiring. It's a dream, right? Learn an instrument, kids. He is not perfect. No! He's, he's very ugly. He's a disaster. So I will say that's not a so what, because... If you're going to be bumping, uh, it looks like ten home games. How did they make this mistake? Because he booked his concerts before they put out the schedule. Like, but does no one at the NFL look at the schedule? (laughs) Says there's an Ed Sheeran concert that day. (laughs) There are people in organizations whose main job is scheduling events in the stadium. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, you'd think somebody. But but ten teams did it. Yeah, I know. How is that possible? I know. I mean, wouldn't you, as an NFL team, and they go, "Hey, we want Ed Sheeran to play here on Sundays." (laughs) Even if you didn't have a schedule, you go. We usually play here on Sundays. <laughs> You're like, can we do it Saturday? <laughs> Who's yeah, paying, can you imagine that? Yeah. Who's paying money to see Ugly? A lot of people. Uh, lots. Uh, arena, arena-sized people. Yeah. people are playing it. Nah, America scares uh, me. So what or not so what, Mr. Baldwin? You know, shoot this crumb bum. Who cares? <laughs> it's a so what. So what. And finally, uh, the Major League Baseball uh, organizations are now announcing their weird foods for the year. Including the Tampa Ray Buccaneers, which have a Reuben. The what? Sorry, <laughs> the Tampa Ray. So, Buc- sorry, the Tampa Bay Rays, <laughs> which have a. I was sorry. There's a slide. promo for you. There you go. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Rays, which have a Reuben Cuban hot dog. Okay. The LA Ooh. Dodgers, which have a Cheeto roasted corn on the cob, and the uh, Texans that have a 
corn dog dill pickle. Okay, so I want to go back to the Reuben Cube and hot dog. Yeah. So this is a hot dog with pork it in, is in ham, I'm guessing, and the chili cheese dog. Mustard. Oh, this is up. nothing Cuban. Chili cheese dog cut up with all those things you said in a Reuben bread. Can I, can I jump in real quick and say that I think like the, the concept of a Cuban is a little bit fraudulent. I went to Havana, Cuba last January. You're so drunk the whole time. <laughs> they, don't, they don't make Cubans there. Yeah, the, they don't make French fries in France either. They don't. I, don't I, I was I was stunned. It's called a Cuban. You go to Cuba and there's yeah. no Cubans. No, they don't do it's it my like that. My favorite sandwich, the oh, Cuban. That's... Do you know where they invented the Reuben? No. no. Omaha, Nebraska, baby. We were Omaha, just Nebraska. In... You would have thought it was like an old Jewish deli in New York City. Yes. It's not. We were just there. It turns out that the Reuben sandwich was invented in Omaha, Nebraska. Life is weird. Yeah, see how it works. The Cincinnati Reds are also introducing their Queen City fried garlic bologna sandwich. It's a piece of bologna with garlic and donut bread. <laughs> that sounds wow. disgusting. You, who and would you sit? Why would you sit next to someone eating that? You know what? It's just frightening. I want my wife to call in and, and and to tell you who's the greatest gourmet sandwich maker of all time. Oh, I'm sure it's you. You're looking at him. Do you have a gourmet bologna sandwich that you can? I don't share have a bologna this? sandwich. I don't share it. No. Josh, what's the uh, what's the over under on how many of those sandwiches they sell this season? Uh, on which ones? The this, garlic, the, the, the fried garlic. They'll sell. It's Cincinnati. Anything goes. Here's this what did he say? What did he this show's a big bologna sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> First, you insult Donnie most. Donnie, Mo I'm trying to get Donnie on the phone right now because yeah. so he can say to you, "How dare you?" Yeah. How dare you? Donnie most is not a handsome man. Donnie <laughs> most. Do you know what Donnie most does now? Uh, Google him. I bet it's something Google. great. He's a, he's a, he's a lounge singer. He's a lounge singer. Oh, he did. He came to Turning Stone. I remember that. Donnie Most is an excellent. His his group and his singing, everything amazing. He's Donnie really Most and the sit on it is that. The <laughs> <laughs> you are killing the eighty. Donnie plus and most man. everything else is his band. <laughs> exactly right. Mostly How irrelevant. You? How you? I have a great Donnie Most story. Do we have time for the Donnie Most story? We've sure, always got no. time for a Donnie Most story. <laughs> All right, so the only gonna... show in the history of radio that said, do I got time for a quick Donnie Moster? <laughs> a sports show, no less. I'm going to come back. Are we done with this? No, you so got, yeah, you got that, time that to do it now. That was my kicker. Go ahead. Do it right now? Knock yes. it out now. All right. So here's my Donnie Most story. So I get a phone call, and it's Donnie Most. And I don't know Donnie Most. I know him from Happy Days, Ralph Mouth. You know, but he's like, my agent goes, up, they're asking for you. Donnie Most wants to speak to you. I said, okay, great. So... I get this call, hey man, how you doing? You know, what's going on? He says, listen, I wrote this character in the story and I wrote it for you because I watch you on the series that you do and I really like your acting and you're perfect to play this role. But I said, okay, great. He goes, it's called Moolah. He said, and I wrote it and it's a true story. I said, okay. Now only, these are the types of things that attract me to do a movie. When he tells me the story, I went, okay, man, I got to do this movie. <laughs> so his wife, so Donnie's, sister no wait his wife her brother his brother-in-law donnie's brother-in-law by marriage okay is one of the inventors of the glow stick the thing that you you you, you yeah. snap it and it shines at night okay so he's going to like cal state northridge he comes up with the he's a chemical engineer he comes up with the compound he, he freakishly mixes these two things and it starts glowing in the cup or whatever mm -hmm. and he goes yeah. holy crap so he refines it and everything now he's the the sole owner they own all rights to glow sticks this is back in like the early 80s yeah so 
He gets together with his suite mates. There's three other guys, two guys in one room, a living room, and two guys in another room. One of them's a marketing guy. One of them's another guy, Bob, investment banker. They all get together and they decide they're going to finish school and they're going to market and sell the glow stick. So they're on a roll for a couple of years. You know, they're, they're getting stuff for like New Year's, Fourth of July. Halloween was a big one, but it was very sporadic. It was, it was around holidays. They just started getting like into stuff like weddings or stuff, but it didn't take off the way they wanted to and they're in trouble. They borrowed a lot of money, but well, so it turns out that the military, for some reason or another, up in Wisconsin, this is how freakishly God works in your life, in my opinion, because it wasn't the military contract that did it. The military has them for some stupid reason. They're hanging them from trees for some damn mm-hmm. thing up in Wisconsin. And one of the crates of them falls off the back of a Jeep. And a dairy farmer, the adjacent property to this military thing was one of those gigantic Wisconsin 10,000 cattle you know, kind yeah. of thing. Now, on a dairy farm, the idea is to produce milk, and the only way you produce milk is by impregnating the cat, the, the cows. Okay, so they have guys. Calm down, Sam. They have guys, they have, they have guys, I'm yeah. very interested. No, yes, go bang, on. Bang, bang, bang. So, this is disgusting. So, so, so check this out. No, go this on. Is, this is, so, so this is just you know Tom the ranch hand, who's what's called an exer. So an exer is a guy that drives around the dairy farm on a jeep. And he sees one female cow mount the back of another cow and and start going yeah, through yeah. the dry. Okay. So, and he immediately knows that the cow on the bottom is fertile. So she, she, she's ready. And he puts it, if it's a dark colored cow, he puts a white X on it. If it's a light colored cow, he puts a black X on it. And another guy who's driving around all day with a giant turkey baster of sperm, yeah. because they don't wait for a bull to impregnate all these. So when you impregnate the cow, you get the production of the milk and you get a calf. They work at about a 72% rate, uh, um, um, fertility rate, which means they catch 72 out of every 100. Well, this guy turns around and he sees the cow mounted on top of the other cow and he goes over to exit and he went, Gosh, you know, I wonder what would happen if I put one of those glow stick things I found and taped it to the coccyx of the cow. Mm-hmm. So he tapes 10 of them. The next day, two of them are glowing at night. And they only work during the day because they have to see the cows doing it. So he goes up to those two and turkey base them, and they both immediately become pregnant. And he went, okay, hang on a second. Then he tapes 50 of them on 50 cows, and 19 of them in the next week are glowing. So they're yielding more calves because of the glow sticks. He can tell which one yeah. is ovulating. Yeah. So he knows exactly which one to go ahead and shoot the turkey based on. He doesn't have to wait to see it. <laughs> yeah. So he goes, you know what the hell with it? And he calls the company, traces it on the box, calls him up and says, send me up five crates of those. So the guys now are in, in California going, why would a dairy farm want five crates? They must be having a giant wedding or something up there, you know, because there's like, yeah. you know, 600 per box or yeah, something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he tapes every cow on the farm. He tapes them on there. Now they're a long stick hanging. The next week... 49 of them have the, and all 49, he revolutionizes the way the dairy business works. They change the design to a round looking button with a piece of tape on it that adheres to the mm-hmm. cow. And this is how every single dairy farm, they immediately offer them the AFI $250 million for the company. And they said no. And they waited and ended up selling out. They are the way, the staple way that dairy farms Whoa. work now all over the world. Wow. So That's he wild. tells me this story. He goes, and you're well, the marketing guy. I went, I'm in, Donnie. I'm doing the movie. And I did the movie called Moolah. You, can you know look who it else up. was in uh, that movie? Who else was in it? Curtis Armstrong. Big Kurt. B- Booger. Booger. From, <laughs> Booger. From he plays the, the bad guy. Dead. He's really good at playing the bad guy in it, too. <laughs> No, and I'm renting from the video store this week. <laughs> it's got 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. 
What's that mean? <laughs> Don't worry about good. it. Right. <laughs> 13% of Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, God, I'd hate to see what my overall Rotten Tomatoes is. <laughs> That's for another day. We'll come right back. Yeah. Westwood One coverage of the NCAA tournament is brought to you by IBEW NECA, C&S Companies, and Burdick Lexus on ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. I mean, I know. Hey, now, we're back. And so, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a little butthurt right now because, because I heard this Rotten Tomatoes thing. So, I'm, I, I don't even know. So, Rotten Tomatoes is... It's a website where people go on and rate movies. Oh, and no. so, you did Moolah, and 13% of the people that saw Moolah and enjoyed it. 13% enjoyed it. Yeah. And therefore, 87% of the people that saw it did not enjoy Moolah. So now Josh has I done some research. I found the Daniel Baldwin page. All right, you found the page on me. Page so you're going you. to so tell us what? Tell us what we got to do. Give me, I, you have, what is, I want to know what your highest rated movie is. And you have two that are tied 100%. They are smash hits. People love them. Okay, I would say John Carpenter's Vampires. No. Not in there. No. Okay. Smash Hits beloved movies. I mean, these are people who are rating them. So how how they? What about like. Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man? Not in the top five. No. Um, uh, Grey Gardens. Yes, that's no. That's one of them. Grey Gardens would be. Oh, oh, I know. Trees Lounge. Nope. Wow. Number two is Sidekick. Oh, Sidekick. Really? That made it? Yeah. Wow. They say a hundred percent of the people who watch that movie. How liked many it. people did did like Trees Lounge? I don't know. I can only see your t- your highest rated. So. Trees Lounge was a Steve Buscemi film I did that won so many awards. Uh, John Carpenter's Vampires is 38. Thir- only 38 out of 100 people liked it? Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's 38%, got a huge... yeah. It's it, a big cult movie. Yeah. It's the number one box office draw on Halloween weekend in the history of Hollywood, and only 30. I must have got all the right people to come that weekend. Your, uh... yeah, they came okay, and never so my back. zero score... You said Your second a... one is Born on the Fourth of July. That well, was a, a huge movie, yeah. Your worst movie. Okay. Zero, Zero percent. percent Not a single person no, single has person enjoys this movie. <laughs> you know why? No one saw it. That's yeah. why it's unfair. I will even give you a year it came out in. 1994. Right. 1994 and uh, Curse of the Corn People. No. <laughs> it is not Curse of the Corn People. What is it? <laughs> uh, you played a mobster. Car 54, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> Car 54. They remade that TV show. They made not, it not only did they remake it as a movie, but what a cast. It had everybody. Uh, Jer- in it. Jeremy Piven, Nipsey Russell from the original series, <laughs> Al Lewis, Grandpa from the Monsters. It had uh, John McGinley, myself, yeah. uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, oh, who's the girl that played Fran Drescher? Uh, Fran Drescher. Wow. Uh, it had all these cast. big TV, TV people. In it. It, was a, it was a spinoff of the TV series. But it was done as a big stupid comedy, mm-hmm. and I got to play Don Motti, who was John Gotti, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know I had to do the kiss the ring. But I was but I was afraid of spaces, so I had a circle like a basketball court around my desk, and you had to lean in outside the circle with your feet. And kiss my, it was like really dumb, big stuff like Some that. Some of the reviews, quite simply, this isn't a funny movie. And number two, while watching it, I kind of wished Car 54 would run me over. (laughs) (laughs) Some real big reviews. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Dan Levitard Show up next, ESPN Radio Syracuse.